0: Welcome to How Do You Write. I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 333 of How Do You Write. I am Rachel Herron. So thrilled that you are here with me today on this bonus episode this is brought to you by my patrons at the five dollar and up level a month it's pretty cool for that little money you can ask me whatever you want i will say that if you ask me something on patreon on the platform itself and you don't hear back from me do send me an email because Patreon only sends me about half of the notifications of things over there, and this one fell through the cracks. And Maggie, I am so sorry about this because this is an important question and I didn't get the notification, so I am so glad that you emailed me about it as well. Let's get into it because this is not an easy question and it is not an easy answer, but all of you are writers and you're strong and you're tough and you will survive, and you will write more. So please, let's jump into this together, shall we? So Maggie, my friend says, so I published a book, yay! And now, dot, 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 crickets. It is on Amazon and KU, paperback and ebook. It has lovely reviews and a 4.9 rating. I've had Amazon ad campaigns running. Have been told by people in the industry that my website and cover design are genre appropriate, which is women's fiction, well-branded, and user-friendly. It is the two-month anniversary of the launch, and I have sold a total of, drumroll, 36 books. 25 of which were pre-orders. And in most cases, I know the buyers personally, LOL. Which, bright side, is better than the 11 whopping pages total read on KU? I'm not in this for the money. Breaking even on the expenses would be nice. But I am in for a readership with a hope that readers will feel seen. It's hard not to be discouraged. Hard to stay focused on writing the next book for the same target audience. An audience that doesn't seem to exist. Oh, Maggie, this is, I I know the feeling behind this. I have felt the feeling behind this many times. I know that people listening are feeling the difficulty of asking this question and feeling this way. And I want you to know that you are not alone. Nobody knows how to sell a book. Publishers, traditional publishers do not know how to sell books. I don't know how to sell a book. Hold on, because I am going to give you some of my opinions, which you asked for, and I know that you are strong enough to hear all of this and take it on board. First of all, I will tell you that the audience does exist. People want this exact book, your gorgeous book. It is not your fault that discovery that discoverability is so goddamn difficult. It is not your fault. You are not doing anything wrong. You have done everything and I have watched you do this professionally and well, and you're doing great. I would tell you if I thought there was a problem with your book or your cover or your blurb or anything like that, because you and I are friends. And I am speaking to everybody else who feels like they are in this boat when I say, that the market is capricious. I love when Becca Syme says um, Loki is running the market right now. And there are a lot of books out there and getting our books seen and into readers' hands is tremendously difficult. I am not kidding. I'm not joking when I say that no one knows how to sell books. Traditional publishers, if they knew how to sell books, they would be able to do it. They would make bestsellers they do not know how to do it random house was founded i love this stat. random House was founded in 1927 by two guys who acquired the modern library imprint and bennett surf who was one of the two guys was quoted as saying we just said we were going to publish a few books on the side at random they randomly then published about six years later they published ulysses which sent them into the stratosphere and that is literally why random house is still a traditional publishing house today, they accidentally hit when they were doing um, the antitrust uh, Penguin Random House versus Simon and Schuster lawsuit recently. Random House and other publishers admitted they have no idea what they're doing. They do not know how to make make books sell. And, and you and I and everybody else struggling with this are also not alone. Um, Kristen Nielsen was talking about this. 15% a publisher, traditional publisher, front list books, front list meaning books that are brand new to the market, 15% of those sold less than 12 copies in the trade market in a year, in a year, in a year, traditional publishers, 15% of the titles that they gamble on sell fewer than 12 copies, 66% of those sell fewer than 1,000 copies over 52 weeks. And the New York Times did a large study that showed that 98% of new frontlist books sold less than 5,000 copies in the trade bookstore market. 98% of them sell fewer than 5,000 copies. It's hard to sell a damn book. Advertising used to help it still does help. Advertising does help, but things are always changing. Facebook ads are less effective. Um, Amazon ads can be helpful. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second, but I just want to tell you that the truth is we don't know how to get the books of our heart in front of readers. And I wish I could tell you, Maggie, I'm not talking to you now, I'm talking to everybody. I wish I could tell all of you that the book of your heart will hit what the market wants. But there's a very good chance that it won't. There's a greater chance that it won't than it will. The reason that is okay that I say that and that you can still stand up and keep going and keep writing after I say this is that most of you listening to my voice right now want to be a career writer. Some of you will only have one book of your heart. And that is absolutely fine. Some of you will have one book that you want to write. You want to get it out there. You just want to know that you have written a book and that is your goal. That is lovely. That is fantastic. But if you want to be a career writer, then we have to be willing to be creators, to be storytellers whose stories will not always reach the right ears or the ears that you want Our stories will not reach the right ears, the ears that we want. That is absolutely separate from the writing, right? Being a writer has three parts to it. It has the writing and revising part. It has the publishing part, and it has the marketing part. Those are the three parts of being a writer. If you are traditionally published, the only thing that is taken off your plate is the publishing part, the uploading of the cover, the doing the interior, the distribution into bookstores. But everybody else traditionally and self-published needs to handle the writing part and the marketing part. Traditional publishers will not do the marketing for you anymore because they don't know what they're doing and they don't have the time, honestly, or the budget. They're really struggling. We have to separate the writing from the selling. And I know as I am saying that, that it that is incredibly difficult to do. And I wonder if it will help you to know that the Darling Songbirds, which is I just, I just looked up some of my numbers uh, for last month for October, because I don't think November's quite done yet. Thank you, Ed, for always doing my numbers. I love, I love Ed, my assistant. Um, my October numbers showed that I sold 31 copies of the Darling Songbirds trilogy. 31 copies of the trilogy. It's a trilogy. So those are, I sold an average of 10 books each for that. That means that 10 people found, probably 10 people found the Darling Songbirds that month and read all three of them or some variation of that, 31 copies of three books. Those are books I love. They are great books. I really love that series and it doesn't sell. It is not in KU. I have cycled my Cypress Hollow series into KU and it's doing okay. It's not doing great, but I will cycle Darling Songbirds in just to try it. Um, but that's what we're doing is we write the book of our heart and then we publish it. And then it. We have to. we don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything, I say. But what I would encourage us to do and what I would encourage myself to do is to turn that into a product in my mind. And it is now just a product on the market. And I'm trying to make the best decisions about that product using everything I know about the industry. What I know about the industry is that for me, before I have a series, I'm not going to put any money into advertising. Because if I get the person to read the book, I can't move them to the next book to recoup that cost. And we make so little on a page read in uh, Amazon KU that I am not sure I could ever create an Amazon ad that would deliver that value of paying for the page reads that I got. Um, Hold on. I'm going to do a little bit of math here. Okay. I'm going to give you my very basic math. And uh, I love math, but sometimes I'm math challenged and advertising challenged. So if I screw this up, anybody can let me know. But I just looked at the most recent October numbers for Kindle pages, how much we get paid for a page. Uh, It is 0.0044 cents a page. Your book is 319 pages. So you'd get about $1.43 if a person read the whole book say you're doing an Amazon ad and you're getting a pretty decent rate of 16 cents per click. And say you're getting one click in 10 as a conversion, which is a fantastic rate. We'd all be happy with that. That's $1.60. So now you're paying $1.60 in ads to get $1.43 from that book read, and they can't go on to the next one yet. I am not telling you this in order for you to turn off your Amazon ads There are a lot of variables about this. You may be wanting to get them on your newsletter list, which is valuable for the next book. But I will ask you to go back to your whys of why you are doing this. And you said that to me really clearly in here. You are doing it to reach readers and not to make money. So if you're doing it to reach readers, you have to understand that it is really freaking hard to reach those readers. You're not doing anything wrong. And the best way to reach readers is to believe in the fact that they are out there. They just need to find you. And that's why you're writing them the next book. And in this way, we separate the writing from the marketing. The writing is what you would be doing no matter what, because you believe in this book and this series. If you're doing it, if not, and again, Maggie, I'm going to open this up. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody. If you're doing this for the money, then there are questions you have to ask yourself about the market and how the market is changing. And will you follow the market? Will you chase the market? Is this not a series that one should be putting one's time and energy into? Because the market is proving that it doesn't want women's fiction from you or anyone else. Those are questions to ask. But when you're writing books... When we, I'm going to put myself in there because that's what I do. When we are writing books of our heart that we love, that we are passionate about, that we know that we would read as readers, and we're not doing it to make money, but we are doing it to find the readers who will when they get the book in their hand, love it, then we just keep writing those books. We get to pivot at any time, we get to continue at any time. The hard part, and I know this is the deep core of your question. The hard part is how do we keep going when nobody's reading it and nobody's finding it and we don't know how to get anybody to read and find it. That is when we take off our writing hat and we look back at those other two sections, the publishing and the marketing. Marketing, who the hell knows? I'm never going to teach a class about marketing because good Lord. Publishing, is this a time And I'm just going to ask you this. I'm not telling you whether you should or shouldn't do any of this, but um, perhaps you give the Amazon KU experiment, which can be good for new writers, uh, the the first 90 days, or maybe you give it six months. And then if things don't pick up, if you're not getting more readers, more reviews, would you want to go wide with that? Are women's fiction readers more easily findable on other platforms? where you could put the price to zero and push people in that way and try to get reader signups for the next book. Those are the kind of publishing questions that you need to ask yourself. But I cannot stress more highly that nobody knows what the hell they're doing. When something catches, we don't know why. I've read incredible books, by friends that should have caught, they are better in my judgment, in my subjective judgment than the books that are on fire. But the market is saying that it wants this one and it doesn't want the one that I love. And I will never be able to understand the why behind that. So there is something for me that is kind of liberating in just kind of throwing my hands up and not in an, I give up, well, kind of in an, I give up way, I guess that's part of it. I give up. I don't have to. I will never be the person who figures out how the entire market works so that I can hit bestseller lists regularly without worry, with ease, because I know how to do it. That is not going to be me. I'm not going to figure it out. So I don't have to try. What I have to do and what I want to do is to continue to write the books that I want to find on the bookshelf with the totally secure knowledge in my heart that If they are found by a reader like me, they will be loved. And also keeping in mind that I don't know how to find that reader and that's okay too. So I can let that go. These are hard things that I am saying out loud to all of you. And I kind of hate saying this, but that is part of my job as a person who is always going to tell all of you my truth with kindness the market is fickle. The market is driven by Loki. Nobody understands it, including traditional publishers who have a very vested interest in figuring this out. No one has ever been able to figure it out. So we need to find out what will keep us writing the next book. If we are a career writer who wants more than one book out there, what will keep us going to write and to love, to continue to love that next book? And I don't have any good easy answers I just want to let you know that you are not alone and it is hard. And I'm so glad that you asked this. And I'm so sorry that Patreon kept it from me and you felt ignored. And I hate that because this is a a big question and I'm so really appreciative that you asked it. So thank you, my friend, for that. All right. There's just one other question in the queue this week, and this is from uh, Jill. And I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm going to read this question and then I'm going to tell you I don't know the answer. Apparently, this is the show that will never get you to anyone else to support me on Patreon at the $5 and up level because I'm admitting that I just don't know stuff. Oh my gosh, I don't know so much stuff. I do know some stuff, but there's a great deal more the vast universe more that I don't know. Uh, Jill says, hello. Okay. My question is about independent publishing. I'm thinking about doing some children's books to go along with the online programs. I now offer schools and libraries through my company, Page Turner Adventures. I'm very plugged into the children's book world and even had a picture book published with a small traditional press, but publishing soft cover picture books, probably on demand is new to me. I know KidLit isn't really your thing, but I'm wondering if you have any advice on companies or services. I have used Readsy to edit chapter books that I've written, and I will most likely use them again for copywriting and design with these books. So that's great. You're going to use Readsy for the copywriting and design. Fantastic. Um, I almost know nothing about this. I know that blurb, I know that people have liked them for print on demand. I do agree with you that probably on demand is a better way to go than offset printing, unless you want to commit yourself to a lot of 500 books or more, and then the distribution of getting those into stores can be difficult. So, an on-demand service like Blurb, or I want to say that I heard that even Ingram Spark is doing some soft cover, but I'm not sure. This the reason I'm saying this out loud is that I would invite anybody who does have knowledge, who has done this, to hit me up on Twitter or email or wherever you can find me. And if you have an answer for this, I will send it along to Jill. Uh, And Jill, I am assuming you are a member of SCBWI and that would be a fantastic question for their Facebook group or um, anything like that too, because I'm sure that there are people who have figured out what the best services are. And that is not me. I know nothing about um, Kidlet publishing in that arena. So if anybody else wants to let me know, or uh, that would be fantastic. Great, great. Thus ends the, um, thank you for the question, Jelly. I appreciate it. And you're awesome. And thus ends the episode where Rachel doesn't know shit. And I'm so glad you're here for the ride. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for being here. It means the world to me. And I want you to really, all of you ask, what is the why underneath your writing? And if you are going for money, fame, and glory, and you're doing this because you want to make buku bucks, then what are you doing to move toward that in terms of marketing and and positioning within the market? That's an important question if you're doing it for the bucks, but if you are also doing it for the heart, which I hope most of you are because it pleases you, because it is the book you long to write, then how do you keep that fire going? How do you continue to blow on that flame so it Grows into a conflagration of your soul that is truly deeply the most important part of what we do as writers because that fire, that flame can then light the next reader's heart on fire. Just last night, I was lying in bed and I am reading so many good books right now, but they're just a little bit too interesting. Oh, I'm reading 10,000 Doors of January, I can't even stand it. It's so good, uh, but. Sometimes when I'm lying in bed and I can't sleep, I can't read the 10,000 doors of January because it is too exciting. And I realized that I just wanted to read May Sarton, a May Sarton journal, because May Sarton journals speak to my soul. She is so comforting and soothing. She's not trying to be soothing. She's just talking about putting the flower garden together and, and what her desk looks like. And I found a new journal that I didn't have, and I downloaded it to my Kindle, and I laid in bed, and I let her words wash over me. And she did not know when she was writing that journal in, gosh, I don't know, probably this mid-60s, that her heart, her passion would be soothing mine and also lighting mine up. And that, to me, is incredible. She never would have known that I was going to come along. Wasn't even born yet. I was going to come along and be inspired by her. And that is what we can do as writers. And we will never know who our words might reach in the future. So just keep going, my friends. If this is what you love, if this is what you want to do, if you have that book of your heart that you need to write, you must, you must keep going. You must commit terrible, terrible, awful words to the page that then you can fix later. And um, I believe in you. Keep going. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write?